Hey guys, and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful day and thank you for listening to our show. We always appreciate your support. For anyone that might be a new listener, my name is Liam and every week I interview a different guest and we cover topics like SEO, paid advertising, content, social media, PR and lots more. So feel free to check out some of our episodes if you do enjoy listening to marketing podcasts. Um, I try my best to keep introductions really short and then we'll dive into a specific area of marketing for around about 15 minutes, which is then followed by a quick outro, which is always lighthearted and fun. So today we are at episode number 76 of the show and we have an awesome guest lined up that I'm looking forward to introducing now. So we are going to be speaking with Pamela Hopkinson from Social Media Solutions. So hey Pamela, welcome to the show and how are you? Hi Liam, I'm great, thank you, and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, not a problem. Looking forward to getting started and diving into uh, social media with you. Before we get started though, would you be able to give us a quick introduction on yourself, please? Yeah, um, I'm based in Yorkshire, although we we cover the UK and now obviously because everything's online, global, and uh, we focus on social media strategy, really. So we we help our clients understand that actually just posting is not enough and, and how to use the different platforms. So obviously that's great because it means we get to look at things that are constantly changing, so it keeps it really fresh. Uh, and yes, we've just celebrated our ninth birthday as well, so all very exciting stuff. Sounds great. And happy birthday to Social Media Solutions. Um, We're going to be diving into the world of social media, which is always fun. Um, This episode is going to be pretty top level, but we're going to be talking about uh, strategy optimization, channel selection, content scheduling, and a little bit more. So let's get started and chat about socials. So let's talk about a few different top level things, first of all, Pamela, and then we'll dive into strategy and uh, different channels as well after that. Um, I guess my first question is quite open. Um, You mentioned in the introduction how social media has opened up the world and how you can sort of work globally, um, which is absolutely true. And I definitely think that has changed over the last 12 months or so as well, for obvious reasons. Um, So I'd just love to hear your thoughts on the landscape and whether it's changed or not and what you've been excited about and what you've been doing lately. Uh, Yeah, Liam. I mean, full disclosure here, I'm a total social media geek. Okay, so um, it's really exciting. There are new platforms, there are platforms that have kind of been sort of um, ticking away in the background and have suddenly gained ground. So things like TikTok, obviously during lockdown, has done really, really well. Um, And then also um, at the end of last year, the launch of Clubhouse, which has kind of taken the sort of business world by storm. So there's all these different platforms and there's there's often quite a, a sort of focus as well going on the new shiny thing as well. So one of the jobs that we have with our clients is actually you don't need to be on everything. You need to do stuff really well. So it's it's looking at what's out there, looking at what's changing as well as the features that sit within them and then how to use that for your audience. And also with the pandemic, obviously businesses have changed, what they're offering to change and who they may be selling to has changed. So we've kind of had to say to people, you need to look at that as well. Yeah, really interesting answer. I feel like the question of which channels to use is always one that gets brought up uh, when we talk about social strategy and social media. Um, On one side, you have people that say, you know, get on everything you can, be as active as you can. Uh, You never know where your customers might be. And then on the other side, you have a group of people that say, focus on your main channels. For example, a B2B marketing company might specifically look at LinkedIn or perhaps an e-com store is on Instagram and Facebook only. Um, So where do you stand on this and how can businesses determine which channels to be on? 
I'm, I'm very much, uh, you know, you can do as many channels as you want. The problem is it's very time consuming and there's some very clear demographics as to which audience sits where. So that changes as well, you know, as time goes on, that changes. So one of the things that I'm really keen on is that people look at the analytics. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Facebook insights, a lot of people have never opened that up. And it's kind of like, look at who's actually looking at your stuff, who's engaging on your stuff. You also get rewarded by the platforms. You put content out and you've got the right content on the right platform for the right audience, they'll respond to it. And the platforms will look at that and go, this content's valuable and they will share it further afield. Um, so it's in your interest to do that. And I'm always a big fan of pick one or two platforms initially, having done your research, maybe check out what your, your competitors and some of the big boys are doing. Um, and then really nail those platforms before you add something else in, because it then dilutes the effect if you're trying to do everything from the off. You can't do everything well straight away. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful answer. And I agree that time is one of the major challenges when you're trying to cover all bases. At Reach, I would create a cool post for LinkedIn and then not really have the time to repurpose it or do something different perhaps for another channel like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. So what I would normally do is just reformat the original piece. So if it's a LinkedIn post, just shorten it down to uh, a shorter character count for Twitter, for example, or perhaps find an image from Unsplash on Instagram. Um, so instead of creating a brand new piece of content, I could do that fairly quickly. And it allowed us to keep those other channels ticking over nicely if somebody came and looked for us without too much effort. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it, like you say, sometimes just repurposing what you've got and, and making it fit, maybe not 100%, but at least you're you're visible. And by being consistent, that's the other big thing. Doing a bit on on Twitter just every now and then. Twitter's a platform where tweets don't last very long at all because of the speed and the volume of stuff. So actually, if you're putting stuff out consistently, yes, it might not be 100% fit, but if you've already got it formatted and ready for LinkedIn, it doesn't take a great deal to sort of change it over. But I also really focus with people that they need to have a bit of a strategy so that they know what they're going to be putting out there even if they then repurpose it that's fine but so that they know what messages they're putting out so that they're consistent and they're speaking to the audience in the right way absolutely so we'll dive into strategy shortly um, but before that i'd be interested to know if you found any success outside of the big channels um, i probably categorize them as the big five so facebook instagram twitter linkedin and tiktok Pinterest, interestingly enough, um, has got some really great businesses on there and not always the stuff that you would expect. So obviously, with it being really visual, you kind of go down the route of your interior designers. So there's a great um, interior designer called Marianne Rizzo, who does amazing stuff, uh, but also some of the slightly more unusual um, businesses are on there. I mean, Lonely Planet's on there, but again, it's very visual, it's, it's travel, but also Salesforce, who are a CRM software business. And they're using it to great effect where they're actually linking content to little videos, client testimonials, all that kind of stuff. So people initially make a sort of a snap judgment going, it, it is just visual. So it should be, you know, like Lonely Planet travel stuff, interior design. But actually, you can be quite creative. And because it's not so crowded with those less traditional um, businesses, you can help yourself stand out from the crowd because obviously you're not uh, competing with as many other brands on there. I think Pinterest definitely gets overlooked and it's really easy to post pictures on there and inspire your audience, especially if you do have a product-based company and you can take pictures of your products and things like that. Two that I've started using more frequently are Reddit and Quora. I think they're great for sourcing information and learning, but they're also good for getting involved in the community and sort of replying to people's questions. Do you use either of those at all? I don't use Quora. Um, I like Reddit. I like the format um, and there are businesses on 
on Reddit. The problem with Reddit is it's very difficult actually to get seen. The focus is about the community and the conversation rather than the individual profiles. So there are a couple of strategies that you can use on there. Things like, you know, starting a thread up, um, you know, uh, almost like a, an ask me anything thread. Um, but obviously within that comes the management of it. And those sort of approaches and those kind of platforms are ones that we tend to sort of advise smaller businesses just to stay away from purely because of the amount of time that they'll take for them to get get noticed on them. But yeah, I really like, I certainly like Reddit. I think it's a great platform. Yeah, that's true. I think if you are a small business that has limited time, then you probably aren't going to be on Reddit. But if you do have a bigger team, then it's definitely worth getting involved in and asking maybe one member of your team to take control, get involved in community discussions, and you never know what might come from that. So let's talk about one more emerging channel, which is Clubhouse, and then we'll dive into strategy and content. I have some quite interesting views on Clubhouse, so I would love to hear your thoughts and if you think it's valuable for businesses. Clubhouse is an interesting one. I actually put a post out on LinkedIn saying, was it a case of the emperor's new clothes? Because everybody suddenly went on to Clubhouse and it was, this is the thing, this is the platform. And you get that mad rush and also the, the exclusivity aspect of it that you had to be an Apple user and you had to get an invite. Um, I think Clubhouse has got some, some great potential. Um, it's still very early days. I think you have to be very savvy as to what your business is and whether it can lend value on Clubhouse. And you need to be very clear as to how you're going to get people from Clubhouse actually across to your website or interact with you elsewhere. Um, there's certainly a lot of people on there with a lot of knowledge. You have access, you know, from that point of view, but really to come up with a consistent strategy. Again, it's it's time consuming and it's another one where you're going to have to work at it. As you know, Liam, none of the platforms are a case of just rocking up, setting up a profile and they will come. So you have to invest a serious amount of time to really get noticed and, and gain momentum on any of them. And Clubhouse is no different. But, um, you know, certainly speakers, people that are um, wanting to share tips and advice and everything and get known as the expert in their field. To them, it's a, it's a perfect platform. I'm really interested to see what happens as we move through the year and more people return to the office and reconnect with co-workers, get involved in more of a social life. Um, I think that might impact Clubhouse's numbers. And then on top of that, we have all these competitors that are trying to jump on the trend as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but overall, it is an interesting channel and I do think it adds something different into the mix. So moving on to strategy then, we've covered different channels and how to use them, which has been really fun. But let's talk about strategy. I know we have quite a limited amount of time, but do you have any tips for businesses that are either creating a social strategy or trying to optimize one that they've already got? The first thing you need to do is you need to really identify who your audience is, your target audience, okay? Um, getting likes and interact on social media, while it might be fantastic and a bit of a vanity project, if they're never going to buy from you, you're there as an entertainer, not as a, as a promoter, a marketeer. So really work out what it is you want to get in terms of the results and then work back from there. Um, like I sort of touched on earlier, I always recommend that you have a plan, ideally three months out of what you're wanting to post. So the events that are coming up so that you can go, right, OK, we're going to be hosting this particular event, whether it's online or hopefully, um, you know, as things change, more and more of that's going to take in person, that you actually then work out what posts you can go in the run up to it. You know, it's not about creating loads of content. It's using content, you know, in a really strategic way. And then also make sure that you know what your audience are wanting. So you need to check the analytics. What are they actually engaging with? And then give them more of that content. And a very common one that people miss off is um, call to action. Tell people what you want them to do. You know, 
Um, and that's that's a very simple step. And the other thing I would suggest, and I've worked with clients on this, that we review the actual platforms they're on every year because all of them are rolling out new changes. And as you've mentioned, you know, there's new stuff coming all the time. So is it still relevant where you're sitting? Have you filled everything out? Is it up to date? What do you want to get? Has your focus changed? And do almost like an audit of your social media and not just what you're putting out there, but the whole thing that sits around it. That gives us a really cool base, I think. Just bringing in some of my challenges to the episode as well. Um, Let's say that I have a new podcast episode coming out next Wednesday. I know that I need to do a better job at creating stuff like audio previews, slide decks, quotes to share throughout the week and things like that. And it does ultimately come back to time, which we mentioned before. But how do you find a balance between posting enough so that people can see it? But at the same time, you're not posting like 20 pieces of content over the space of a week and getting on people's nerves. Uh, 20 times over the space of a week, yes, maybe a little bit too much, definitely. But um, what I would say is, again, it's a trial and error. You need to test what works. Have a look at podcasts that you you see that are really successful. How are they managing it? And what do you find annoying? You know, um, if you find it annoying, then there's every chance that your audience would find overposting annoying. So I normally would say that you certainly want to be telling people that it's coming. Um, maybe a teaser post as well, just the sort of snippets from the actual episode. And then maybe if there's there's extra bits that you can add in, trial them, you know, and then see which of the posts and the different formats work really well, and then slowly build up an actual sort of, right, this is what we're going to do week on week. I think when you start off, the temptation is to go and just share, you know, and then what does happen is like you say, it's, it's an overwhelm. You know, you've got 20 posts going out in a week, just over that one bit. And also, how does it fit in with the other stuff that your business offers? You know, the podcast, it may be that your business is a podcast, or it may be that that's just one part of a wider remit. So you don't want to be pushing and selling at your your audience all the time. At the end of the day, it's conversation. The clue is, is the title, it's social media, and the platforms are responding where the social aspect does come in. You know, so that's what you need to look at. It's not just going outwards conversation. It's an engagement. If you're not getting that, then then you need to tone it down a bit and tweak it a little bit. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It kind of reminds me of an answer that Amelia Sordell shared. Um, I think it was around 10 episodes ago. She made a great point that one of the best ways to build your brand, whether that's personal or company, is to get involved in the community and actively interact with other people's posts. Um, So you don't always have to focus on your own content all of the time. You could go and search for some hashtags or start a conversation, uh, jump on other people's content and get involved there. Definitely. And and consumers are savvy, you know, and they they can see that you are you are um, you are representing the brand you say you are and the values you've got. And the fact that, you know, if all you're doing ever is, is selling at them, it's like going to a party, isn't it? We've all been to parties where you get cornered by someone and they just talk at you. And you disengage and social media platforms are no different. And if you can have a, a, a friendly and a, maybe a, a few jokes, if it fits with your, your brand, your audience will, will see that and they will interact with that as well. And it, it just builds the whole brand and, and you get known for being something other than just posting your content. Yeah, exactly. Moving on then, one thing that always interests me is content scheduling. So how do you approach that? Are you plugging in lots of different posts that cover you uh, across the entire week for several weeks in advance? Or do you add a few things in there into like a scheduler to keep your accounts ticking over, but then maybe be reactive to industry news and trends to fill out your content on a weekly basis? It depends very much on the on the client, actually, Liam, but that's an excellent question. If you have uh, or if you're a business and you know you're not going to post the more spontaneous reactive stuff, 
um, then obviously your content calendar would be fuller and you'd obviously for Facebook and Instagram, you can uh, schedule it and they prefer it directly in Facebook or you use um, the other platforms, uh, third party software, something like Hootsuite or Buffer, or if you wanted to pay for it, something like Sprout Social. Um, but the best ones are where you have some content planned in so you know that you're, you're strategic in what you're putting out there. You're making sure the messages you want to get out there are getting out there. And then in amongst it, you do the spontaneous stuff, you know, the bit of the behind the scenes stuff, respond to what's happening with your, your audience. And that gives a really nice mix, gives a feel and a bit of a, you know, people get the, the character of the actual business, but you make sure you get your core messages out there as well. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It is always a question that uh, I find interesting to see how people approach it. So we are coming up on time during this main section. So I have one final question. Do you have one or maybe a few brands that are really smashing it with their social strategy right now, or perhaps a campaign that you've seen lately that you enjoyed? Well, with this, I, w- I would say actually my sort of the brands that I followed or the brands that I've really enjoyed have changed dramatically over the last 12 months because obviously the whole everything's been upended. And some of the brands that I've really enjoyed have been ones that have taken the pandemic and sort of flipped it. So on Instagram, there's a couple. There's one that's a girls night in club, which has given ideas of how to spend nights in on your own you know different things that you can do they've recommended books and and it's been done with a really fun sort of overtone and everything so not ignoring what's happened going we all know we're not having a great time but here these are some great things you can do and then there's another one called away and it's a luggage brand sounds really dull actually but what obviously we haven't been able to travel so what they've done is they've again they've flipped it they're not focusing on the features of their products they focus on um, the humorous side of it, you know, and things like um, dream itineraries, but then also other uses for luggage and things like that. And I've just enjoyed those that where it's challenging or potentially challenging because they can't approach or sell in the same way and how they've kind of taken that and really flipped it and stayed very visible and really connected with their audience. Those have been really good ones for me. Yeah, awesome. I like that you stayed away from the big brands and gave some examples of smaller brands there. So we're going to wrap up the main section right here. It's been really fun to chat with you, Pamela, and learn some social strategy tips from you. I have two quick questions that I'm going to be asking you in the closing section of the episode. So stay tuned, everyone, for a few more minutes before we close out. So my first question in this closing section, Pamela, is do you have a memorable story that jumps out when you look back on your career? It could be something funny, inspirational or embarrassing, for example. Wow, there's a question. Um, I think from a business perspective, the story that would jump out is I remember the very first time somebody um, told me that they read the stuff that I put on LinkedIn and and it really helped them. We all do it, don't we? put it out there but it's it's this kind of invisible person that you're talking to and I was like wow actually I didn't I didn't actually expect anybody to re- be reading it which is really bizarre and it is that fact that actually people do follow you when they follow you they do also read your content and that to me really stands out as a because I never set out to have a business so that was kind of a, a strange journey that I'd gone through and then this happened and I was like oh my gosh you know I'm actually doing it now and people are listening so that does stand out for me it's not particularly funny but for me personally it was a bit of a like wow moment yeah sounds good and those stories don't always have to be funny I liked your answer because I think there's always someone that is willing to watch read or listen to your content so keep putting it out consistently and someone will enjoy it one final question then is do you have a favorite resource that you use on a regular basis which could help our listeners 
my favorite resource is a website called answerthepublic.com. And basically how this works is it looks at what is being searched for on the internet. You can you can put in any kind of random one or two words and it will tell you what people are actually typing in into the search engine. So it just makes my job really easy when I'm dealing with subjects that are maybe a little bit more complex or seem a little bit dull in terms of, you know, what can I write about? It's a really great resource and absolutely love it. But I am a geek, so, you know, it might not be something everybody else enjoys. Awesome. I think Answer the Public is a really handy tool. And I am going to plug one of our former guests on the show, uh, Mark Williams-Cook. He has a site called alsoask.com, which has an overlap with Answer the Public, but does do different things. So that's really great if you want to find out similar queries that people are searching on Google. With that said, let's wrap up the episode here. Thank you for joining us, Pamela, to chat about social media. It's been a lot of fun and I appreciate you coming on the show. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on. And I'm going to check out that other that other website as well. Sounds great. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So thanks to everyone listening to this episode. We'll be back next week for episode 77. So have a great week and we'll see you then.